gonna be just like senior year, except for funner. Hey guys, I'm Kendra. Hi, I'm Mercedes, and this week we're talking about a Nancy Myers must-watch, Something's Gotta Give. Yes, absolutely, Mercedes, but of course, we have to kick it off with our celebrity crush of the week. Who are you crushing on this week? Oh my goodness, Kendra. My crush is Niall Horan. The 12-year anniversary of the making of One Direction happened this past week, and X Factor UK released unseen footage of them building the band mm-hmm. because they were made, they were like an X Factor birthed boy band. And everyone, ha- there's been a lot of discourse this summer, oddly, about like who was the original, like supposed to be the leader of the group. And it turns out the first person they picked was Niall. And really? that just, like, makes my heart... Yeah, it's, like, surprising, but also just makes so much sense because he's so charming and he's so talented. I love his music. So that just made me happy. So I want to just shout him out. Yes, he's Irish, which you love. <laughs> like, that's why he's so talented. He's Because so, so, he's Irish. It's that Irish blood in him. He is very... He's my favorite One Directioner. Well, him and Liam. <laughs> but more... More not because he does like impressions. I don't know if you saw him on Jimmy Fallon doing the different accents. Yes, he's so good at that. He's so good at that. Exactly. I love him. Okay, so I saw Nope last weekend. Jordan Peele's new film. Yes. My friend took me. It was very nice of him. It didn't make any sense. But oh. <laughs> what did make sense was literally how hard, how fast my heart was pounding when I saw Brandon Perea in it. Like he's Oh my so god, cute. he's so beautiful. He's so cute. He plays Angel who like works at Fry's Electronics and he's just so cute and adorable. I felt like the entire movie I just wanted to hold him and I just like I feel like I would go see it again for him because he's that cute. Wow. I know. That's big since you said it doesn't make any sense. I know. I <laughs> Mercedes, have you seen it? No, I have to like build myself up to see a Jordan Peele movie because I'm so afraid of like, I'm like not good with like suspense or like any type of scary movie. So I really have to like boost my energy. You'll be fine. Uh, trust you. Not, not to okay. spoil, but you will be fine. Good to know. <laughs> Guys, we're going to move over to TLDR. We just like to recap the movie for anyone who hasn't seen it. Warning, there are spoilers ahead. If you have not seen Something's Gotta Give, you can watch this movie on Netflix. Take away, Mercedes. Yes. Harry Sanborn, played by Jack Nicholson, is a wealthy 63-year-old New York businessman who's famous for only dating women under 30, including his current fling, Marin Klein, played by Amanda Peet. When the two head to her mother's Hamptons Beach house for a weekend away, they're unexpectedly met with her mother, the neurotic playwright Erica Berry, played by Diane Keaton, and Erica's sister Zoe, played by Frances McDormand. The four decide to awkwardly share the house for the weekend, but things turn for the worst when Harry has a heart attack while hooking up with Marin. At the hospital, they meet the beautiful Dr. Julian Mercer, played by Keanu Reeves, who takes a liking to Erica immediately. Harry is instructed to stay at the Hamptons' house for a few days until he's cleared to go back to the city. Harry and Erica both reluctantly agree to the arrangement. Harry and Marin end their fling, and Erica goes on a date with Dr. Julian. And at the same time, Harry and Erica's mutual annoyance for each other quickly evolves into something more as the two spend more time together until they even have sex. It's great. (laughs) Harry immediately warns Erica that he is not a monogamous guy, and she tries to not let herself get too carried away by their connection until all of Erica's feelings for him come to the surface when she sees Harry on a date. Heartbroken, she leaves and writes a play about their whole situation. 
Harry is upset when he learns the play details the events of their time together, and the two don't see each other for six months. By now, Erica is dating Julian, and Harry finds them in Paris for her birthday, where he tells her he's been on an apology tour visiting the, all the women he's hurt in the past. It's clear there's still love between Erica and Harry. The two confess their feelings, and Harry admits he's in love for the first time in his life. A sweet ending for two crazy people. Love it. So this is a 2003 film written and directed by the queen of rom-coms herself, Nancy Myers. If you're yes. not familiar with her, one, you're crazy. Two, <laughs> she's the brilliant mind behind rom-com hits like The Holiday, The Parent Trap, Father of the Bride, and It's Complicated. So I think it's really funny because I read that 20th Century Fox declined to make this film because they thought the leads were too old. That honestly breaks my heart. Because we need love stories. Yes, because we need love stories for everybody. And that also means different ages, mm. you know? And it's important to see different types of people fall in love. I really loved this fact that this is the most personal project by Nancy Myers. For a long time, she worked alongside her husband as screenwriting partners, and he often directed a lot of the films they wrote together. But the two divorced while making The Parent Trap coincidentally. Oh, wow. And that was her directorial debut. Mm -hmm. And then after the success of writing and directing What Women Want in 2000, she used her experiences to form the character of Erica and tell the story about a divorced writer. And she even said the montage of Erica crying and writing at her desk was basically the representation of how she wrote this entire screenplay. Really? Yeah. That is, no. my fact is not as <laughs> So it's so interesting how Julian and Erica have a relationship in this, despite their age difference. But yeah. I read that back in 2005, Keanu Reeves actually dumped his then 28-year-old girlfriend for Diane Keaton, who was 59 at the time. And I was like, Keanu Reeves is a real-life Julian Merson. I'm here for it. <laughs> he is a real man. I love that. He is a real man. I, exactly. That's a great. <laughs> also, did you know Diane Keaton received an Oscar nomination for Best Actress for her role as Erica? Did she really? Yeah. Yet another example of rom-coms getting what they deserve, which is yeah. critical acclaim. Exactly. It's so rare that we see rom-coms being nominated for an Oscar. So yeah. very interesting. I did not know that. I think also, to the Academy just really likes Diane Keaton. It's very interesting. Who doesn't? Who doesn't? Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, my God. Me. I I don't really care for Diane Keaton, personally. But that's just me. If we had to pick a Diane, I'd pick Diane Lane. I love her. <laughs> <laughs> but I also, too, read that the interior of Harry's house is the same as Miranda Priestley's in The Devil Wears Prada. Like, that's a nice house. You remember the inside? Oh, when yes. has to leave the book? <laughs> of course. Who so can nice. forget it? I know. Wow. So Imagine funny. living in a place like that. Oh, I couldn't. I, I couldn't. I would never touch anything. I would never go anywhere. I just, I feel uncomfortable in like super nice spaces, like super elegant and like bougie places. I just feel uncomfortable. I'd I fall down the stairs. stairs. <laughs> <laughs> 100%. 100%. Um, oh my gosh. One last fact. Yeah. The original draft of this script was 250 pages. And this is already an, a movie over two hours. So, okay. And roughly a page in a screenplay is roughly like a minute, a, minute. a little more. Mm -hmm. So 250. That's insane. I have some thoughts about that a little later on that I'll share with you. That's oh my gosh. Uh, kind of funny. <laughs> Guys, we're going to move over to Time Castle. Mercedes and I just like to recall where we were when we first watched this movie. And I feel like, no surprise to anyone, I watched this movie for the first time this past Sunday. And I feel like by how often I answer this question with that answer, you'd think I don't watch rom-coms. 
but I do. It's just that I feel like some of the more popular ones evade me, like this one. So this was my first time watching it. I, to be honest, I, I feel like this movie, and then there's like a Meg Ryan movie, and then there's a Mel Gibson movie. All three of them, I just get confused. Oh my gosh. I know, I know. But anytime I hear something's not give, I think of like, you've got mail, and then I think of like what women want, and I just get them all mixed up in my in my head. It's very, very different movies here. I know, I As know. a you've got mail stan. Yeah. This, this is offensive <laughs> to me. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Where were you, Mercedes, when you watched this movie first time? I definitely first watched this in high school on the E! Network. I feel like the E! Network, if it wasn't a classic rom-com that I watched with my mom when I was young, it was definitely the E! Network that was sharing all these movies with me. It was definitely a Nancy Myers ma- movie marathon weekend, and I was just binging them all. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> so I just, okay, so this movie came out in 2003. So I was 11, about in fifth or sixth grade. And I've said this before, but fifth grade was just a total blur for me. I have no idea yeah. what I was doing then. But then I feel like in sixth grade, I've also told the story about my beloved Wesley Brightner. And so when I was doing the notes for this episode, it actually made me realize something that's very astonishing about Wesley is I feel like still to this day at age 30, I don't think I've ever liked a single person for as long as I liked Wesley. Wow. Isn't that crazy to think about? I was thinking about, I liked Wesley for a full year. Like, no one else concentrated, hyper-focused on him for over a year because I liked him before he started dating that girl, Jessica. They dated for a year that I liked him even afterwards. And how crazy is that? Only him. And I feel like if you don't count my three-year crush on Nick Jonas, like, he's the only person (laughs) I've liked for that long. Like, that was dedication back then. And I was just like, it was just a straight year of loving him. And I'm impressed with myself. I really am. (laughs) I love that because that's just like a year dedicated to him. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a I'm good such title like, for a rom-com. A year dedicated to him. <laughs> I'm such a monogamous crusher. Mm-hmm. Like the boy I often talk about who is like in middle school, Kamai, who's two years older than me. I still to this day probably have like a tiny crush on him from afar. Mm-hmm. I know nothing about him, which makes it even better because then I can just make up anything and like project any personality. You know what, Mercedes? That is why I fall for celebrities. Honestly, because I'm oh, like, yeah. I don't know anything about them. They don't know me. So if they're they're never going to reject me, they're never going to like mistreat me, all of this stuff, because I'm like, I, you don't actually know me in your real life. And I don't know you. So I can make up whatever version of you I want in my head. I have so many different versions of Dylan O'Brien. It's crazy. <laughs> oh, such a good question. I think honestly, too, like mm-hmm. projecting these great qualities onto like celebrity crushes, it really speaks to us as like the crushers because it's not that we're like coming up with these qualities out of thin air they're probably qualities we possess in ourselves anyway that we're just projecting onto these people because we want it back so honestly it's like compliments to the chef to us for coming up with these crushes anyway (laughs) i 100 agree that is so that is so true do you remember what you were doing yes so this movie came out right after my eighth birthday when i was in second grade And I don't remember a lot of this time, but I do remember that this was the year that I really fell in love with writing. And I've always been like a storyteller. Even before I could write, my mom would write down my stories for me. 
But this year, I remember I had an awesome teacher. Shout out to Miss Marsh. She is still like one of the sweetest women I've ever known. And she was so focused on like building our writing and like teaching us elements of writing. And this is when I learned like writing voice, like your writer's voice. And I thought it was such a cool term to be like, you have a voice while you write. You're not even (laughs) speaking. And I, from then on, I've always had people be like, your writing voice is so strong. And I was like, thank you, Miss Marsh. That started when I was in second grade. Yeah, I love that. That's so funny. I actually remember a time, too, when my seventh grade teacher complimented me on my writing voice. It's and so I think great. It's so how we both ended up here, but we both have strong writing voices. That's very interesting. Yes. I mean, it just shows that we have a lot to say and we know how to say it. Exactly. We should go have Z on, on a rom-com someday. I'm so down. <laughs> That'd be so fun. Guys, it's time for the rom-com Hall of Fame. But of course, first, Mercedes, we got to roast this movie. And I just want to say, going back to what you were saying about how um, this the first page was 250 pages. The first shot yeah. was 250 pages, and that's like a minute per page. My roast is very technical than anything because in a past life, I was such a film snob. Like, I went to film school. I was very critical of films. But this movie is two hours and eight minutes, and a rom-com should never be longer than an hour and a half. Hour 45 tops. Like, That's including the eight minutes of credits at the end. So it's hard. I feel like it's hard to make people continuously laugh after that. But I do think there are some genres that if you push it to that limit, like the only movies that can be incredibly long like that are dramas because no one ever gets tired of being sad. Like being sad, I feel like it's just like a natural state at this point. Like, (laughs) yeah, with comedies when they're you like, you'll never see like a three hour long comedy because like no no one can laugh for that long. I think that's so interesting because I feel like that's almost a take on how our society is set up. Right. Like. Mm -hmm. We are so much more used to being sad or being in like this realistic world than enjoying ourselves and having fun and smiling and laughing. I'm curious what you think about that. I mean, I totally agree. And it's so interesting because I think the movie lasts longer than I want it to, but it's also missing parts that I wish we got to see. Like, I wish we got to see more of Harry's character development. Mm. We hear him tell erica about it in paris but i really want to see it happening you know so i really wish i got to see more of that time for him instead of just like the big six month time jump Mm -hmm. and like all the best moments are of them like in the home anyway in the house so and then i don't know just the back and forth after that you're like just waiting for them to reunite again yeah and that i don't know i feel like there's a little too much time taken then when it should have been more invested in like almost the buildup of the relationship or the bonding in the house. Cause that's just like the best part is seeing them fall in love. Absolutely. In the house. <laughs> yes. What is your, what is one of, one of your, one of your rows? Okay. I have a couple more, but my biggest one is older men dating women in their twenties or sometimes even younger. Preach. It's so gross. And <laughs> the sad truth in Frances McDormand's character's monologue where she analyzes the way single older men are praised and celebrated for their like elusive playboy nature, while single older women are often pitied, ignored, and left out of the dating scene altogether. It really speaks to me when she says that women become more and more productive and therefore more and more interesting, which in turn makes them even less desirable because, as we all know, men, especially older men, are threatened and deathly afraid of productive and interesting women and it's so frustratingly true and I know that's like the whole character arc of Harry but it's so annoying to see because we see it so often especially with wealthy celebrity men dating much younger women and it becomes this like joke 
you know like how many actors do we tease do we like joke about or like there's memes about like turning 25 with Leonardo DiCaprio you know like how he's gonna break up with you then when like these men should be embarrassed that they're doing this and sometimes they should be in jail like stop dating teenagers yeah exactly it's just like that was definitely a risk but I just like the whole plot line of this movie an older man who only dates younger women, like the reason men that age do that is because they're incapable of getting with women their own age. They thrive mm-hmm. off of ignorance and immaturity because then women won't call them out for their BS. Like younger women will put up with more for yeah. younger because of their ignorance. Whereas when you're older, you're just like, I don't do that crap, dude. Like, I don't I don't play that way. Like, keep it pushing. And so it's just like so it's so it's so annoying. It's so much more telling about a guy who. Yeah. Who dates younger than like a, a younger woman who dates older men, you know? Oh, it's, totally. It's like it says so much about you. You don't even have to open your mouth. I know everything I need to know about you. <laughs> and older women who date younger men are so much more criticized for it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's and there's like a whole frustrating. There's like a whole study behind that too. Exactly. Yeah. I think like another rose too, the beginning of this movie is a montage of like you know, Harry doing a voiceover about like, oh my gosh, beautiful women. This is what I like. This is what I like about them. But it's all white women. Mm-hmm. Like there's like one light-skinned black girl in there. And I feel like it just further perpetuates the stereotype that only white European features are seen as beautiful. And that made me like very mad to see like you, like it, it's just annoying that during this time in a montage like that, you would never see like a Hispanic girl or a dark-skinned black girl or an Asian yeah. girl. It's just it's just white women. But, you know, the diversity is their hair color. You'll see a redheaded white woman or a blonde white woman or Ooh. a brunette. Like, it's just like, no. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's it's frustrating to see. And that's my last roast is just how white this movie is. And I mean, it's almost expected with the Nancy Myers movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like... It's just, it's so white. The walls are white. The house is white. The sweaters are white. The people are white. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone is white. Um, Okay. Another rose, Jack Nicholson's ass. Uh, I could have gone, I think, another lifetime without seeing that. I just, I feel like I'm scarred for life now and I'm never going to get that image out of my head. And in addition to not needing to see Jack Nicholson's ass, there, I just feel like there's so many naked old people in this movie. And I just like one is more than enough. One is oh my more, god, more than enough. <laughs> body positivity. Mm-hmm. We love all bodies, even yeah. Jack Nicholson's. <laughs> I'm a person though, versus I do have to say, like a part of me is like very uncomfortable with nudity. I don't know. It. Ju- I just am. I'm such a prude. I can be such a prude sometimes. But like, nudity, I mean, it's such a personal thing. Yeah, you know exactly. So and I feel it's like I jarring when it comes out of nowhere. Exactly. Like, if I'm watching Game of Thrones, I expect it. But when I'm, like, watching a Nancy Myers rom-com, I'm not expecting it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like, too, something I always talk about in rom-coms is just the idea of, like, how do you know where this person is? How do you just show yes. up and you know the person's going to be there? So it was the same thing with, like, how does Harry just know where Erica is in freaking Paris? This is a big... She European... told him. Did she tell him? Okay, did I... Yes. I think I must have missed that part because I was, like... I don't remember her saying that she's going to be at this specific restaurant. <laughs> she said that, like, when they're talking about her favorite restaurant in Paris, because a lot of their conversations are like, why Paris? Like, why do you like Paris so much? So she talks about this awesome restaurant. And then that's when she's like, oh, your birthday's in January. My birthday's in February. If we're still, like, if we still know each other, then, then like, we should go to Paris for our birthdays. Mm-hmm. And we can eat there. Okay. That's how he knows. Okay. 
I missed that part. Sorry. Okay, everyone <laughs> taking it taking it back. But still going off of what you said, I agree. I really like Zoe Francis McDormand's uh, character's monologue in there. Mm-hmm. And I feel like my favorite quote comes right after that when she says, Well, it seems really obvious to me, the injustice of it. Thank God men die younger than us. It's the only break we get. Oh, she's so real. <laughs> she's so real. She's so, and I feel like that's kind of all we get from her, too. Like, we don't get a ton from her after that no not at all i mean she does find keanu reeves and at the farmer's market which is like just such a blessing i wish i could find him at a farmer's market i would like to find him at the farmer's market (laughs) would you be buying at this farmer's market oh my gosh i would get like every fruit and every vegetable and he would just be like oh this one's ripe (laughs) and i'd be like hello (laughs) (laughs) i would get strawberries and flowers so I'd get Oh, I love yeah. that. What's your favorite quote? My favorite quote is People need romance like that. And if somebody like me doesn't write it, where are they gonna get it? Real life? And it's so Nancy Myers-esque. Like I feel like she's breaking the fourth wall with this line. Because I think she's really speaking to us as the audience of like, oh yeah, like of course, like we need people like you to write stories and like write love stories and that's definitely like her little personal touch on it, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, Mercedes, the age-old question. If this movie popped up on your Tinder feed, are you swiping left or are you swiping right? I'm swiping right. I love this movie, and I find Erica's dramatic sobbing as she types up her script so hilarious and probably just my favorite scene. It's very relatable. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I don't think Nancy Myers gets the credit she deserves as an auteur filmmaker. If listeners out there don't know what auteur film theory is, it's just when a filmmaker has a very specific style and aesthetic to their film and form where, like, you watch it and you just know it's theirs. And you always know when you're watching a Nancy Myers movie. And this particularly one feels almost the most defining of her style and aesthetic Mm -hmm. just because of, like, the beautiful set design. And I don't know, it just it's also so personal to her. So I think she adds a whole other layer to it there. And her films find a way to balance aspirational and comfortable warmth for me, where watching this makes me want to wear a soft white sweater and walking along the (laughs) beach and have a big bay window office where I can write, you know. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it is in the set design and production design. Like we know when we see a Nancy Myers kitchen or a Nancy Myers office and like a huge wall, floor to ceiling bookshelf. And that is also just like unrelatable because these characters are so wealthy and that's unattainable where that becomes almost like the aspirational aspect of it. But it also is also like finding connections within the home and that feels so welcoming as an audience and you feel so safe watching it and you get this cozy feeling while you're watching because it feels so personal watching people just contained in a home. They're like until they go to Paris, they're not on these like extravagant trips or adventures you know the fantasy still exists within a place that we all are familiar with and this movie premiered during a time in the early 2000s where almost every rom-com had a quote about being 30 or turning 30 being almost 30 and here we see a woman in her mid-50s being desired and finding love and even caught up in a love triangle between a 36 year old and a 63 year old and i just love it this movie celebrates aging and i think we all need to see that more often on screen and i don't know i think aging is a celebration like we should all be blessed to be able to age and seeing people 
older than like mid 30s finding love is very important because we're not all going to be in our mid 30s finding love you know it's so interesting Mercedes because I feel like for all the reasons that you really loved this movie were all the reasons that I really did not like this movie Aww. unfortunately and I don't think we could be more opposite on the skills <laughs> I just the reason I'm swiping left is because one of the reasons I love a good rom-com is because I get that feeling of love in my heart I feel like I am the main female character or can I at least imagine myself in the shoes and this one just seemed a little out of touch for me by large part like their economic standing they're both incredibly wealthy older white people just something I cannot relate to I just don't I just didn't care to see their relationship because I just felt like they're just very out of touch with the world like even though this love story took place in the home like it just seemed so isolated because of like who they are as people them falling in love in an isolated place like yeah that's the only place where you can fall in love because in the rest of the world like you stand out you stand out because you don't fit in because you're so much different than everyone mm. else just by your your class and i just felt like the sex scene specifically made me really uncomfortable because it just felt like like him cutting open her sweater and just how they kiss i just felt no, like the sweater kind of, it's so hot it's <laughs> cool i just felt like i was watching my parents or something and that's like an image i never want to have in, in my head and i just feel like i just couldn't connect or empathize with the characters like that's the biggest thing is i wanted to like look at harry and like try to empathize with him or understand where he's coming from i wanted to look at erica and like kind of empathize where she's coming from but i feel like i kept making up excuses for like why he should have done this or why she shouldn't have done this rather than being like, oh, I can see where you're coming from. And I think that's the biggest thing when you're watching a movie is you need to be able to have characters that you can empathize with. And again, I'm just speaking from a personal standpoint. Yeah. I didn't feel like I could empathize with them. I also thought it was just off-putting just how combative Erica was to love to the point that I just got really annoyed by it. I was just like, dude, just look chill. <laughs> like, If you don't want to be, you don't have to be with someone, but it's just you're being so combative against it and so negative towards it. And I think because I'm a hopeless romantic, that just always like rubs me the wrong way. And it's just like the storyline of her dating her daughter's ex-boyfriend. Like even if they <laughs> didn't have sex, like that's weird. I don't know. Like that's, that's it weird. Is, like a yeah. mother, a mother and daughter just like sharing a guy. <laughs> I feel like Nancy Myers, as much as I love her, I feel like she has a great batting average, but I do feel like she struck out with this one. So that's just mm -hmm. my own personal opinion. Sorry, guys. It's okay. We're all, we all have different opinions. It's good that we're sharing them. Yeah, I, appre I appreciate you. Thank you. Guys, we're going to move over to couples therapy, Mercedes, and I just like to kind of divulge how the characters can improve in their relationships. And I think my biggest one is I feel like Harry just needs therapy. I don't know if you agree <laughs> with that. Does therapy cure being a man-child? Can it help with that? I mean, I think it definitely helps. I don't know. I think he just needed to be, like, challenged because he's never mm -hmm. challenged, you know? And I think therapy would challenge him to really think. But also, like, the way he started getting, like, panic attacks and severe anxiety, I think that was another element of challenge for him, even when he wasn't around Erica, who was, like, the first person to, like, deny him uh, constant like validation mm. i just feel like i don't think harry has ever had to be vulnerable in his entire life and love cannot thrive and flourish without vulnerability like to yeah. be with someone as sensitive and smart as erica you have to treat a person right you have to respect them you have to listen to them you have to support them and a part of me feels like he thinks he can buy her love with all the money he has but also to be in a relationship your heart has to be ready for it and you have to be ready to commit and show up and do the work 
And so that's why I feel like all around Harry just needs therapy. I feel like kind of therapy is the answer for everything. It is in my life. Right yeah. Now. <laughs> Same. What else do you think? I think like this whole story is really a journey of being emotionally vulnerable. And it's exciting to see them evolve and grow in that way, both of them. And a special aspect of their romance is how they find common ground together through shared life experience because they are closer in age. So Harry's never had that, or at least not in the last 40 years of dating. And I like that they butt heads and they're not afraid to challenge one another because, like I said, I don't think he gets that a lot with his relationship with younger women. I also don't think Erica gets that with her relationship with Julian, unfortunately, too, because he's often just praising her and fawning over her. And I think that's really where the largest age difference comes. Like when Erica and Harry are interacting, there's this back and forth that you're not going to get with somebody when you you have like 20 years difference mm -hmm. because there's just not that area of comfort and area of relatability to one another and yeah i think erica and harry just need to maintain honesty and vulnerability with one another because that's where the passion for one another exists you know the more honest they are with each other the more that they'll just trust the process of falling Absolutely. in love yeah and i mean i said i had said this before that i just feel like erica needs to loosen up and the reason for that is because like love requires letting someone in and letting them see the great parts of yourself and the not so great parts of yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think Erica could really benefit from letting her walls come down a bit, but in a discernible way. Right. I would never, especially after the heartbreak I went through last year, I would never just tell someone to just dive in blindly. It's OK. It'll work out. If it doesn't work out, it's OK. Like, no, you need to have discernible walls up. Um, yeah. But I think she could benefit from from letting some down. But I'm curious what you think their love languages are. So I think Erica gives acts of service. I love when she checks his blood pressure before they have sex. I think it's just it's such a specific moment that only they would have. Like none of those younger women would even think to check that for him. <laughs> and I think she needs physical touch and quality time. She talks a lot about just their physical closeness and like when they finally kiss and she like she definitely was like touch starved and needed that. And Harry gives words of affirmation. I think his words really, I don't know, they last long in her head. I mean, the title of her play is like the comment that he made about her of like a woman to love type of thing. Yeah. yeah. And I think he needs quality time because I think that's why he keeps his younger girlfriends at such a distance because I, yeah, like that quality time, like that's where he's really going to fall. And we see that when they're like contained in the house together. But with younger women, he's like one right after another. It's so it's such a quick fling each time that it doesn't even last. I agree. I agree. I definitely feel like Harry gives and needs quality time. He clearly enjoyed spending time with both Erica and Marin. And yeah. he didn't even sleep with Marin. And he and Erica fell in love by doing things together, like walking on the beach together mm -hmm. and just talking which is like very powerful. And I do feel like Erica needs words of affirmation. I mean, a part of me feels like most writers need words of affirmation, like they <laughs> dedicate their lives to writing words. But she also gives quality time, which is what Harry needs. Like she harbored on the fact, you're right, that he said, you're a woman, you're a woman to love or you're a woman. Yeah. And she just like kind of hung on his every word. She really took his word at face value. And so I agree, words of affirmation, quality time are very prevalent in this. So I have to ask you then, Mercedes, do you think this couple lasts in five years? Yes, they're all in. And I love seeing them commit to one another. It's very special. 100%. I agree. They do last in five years. Um, yeah. I'd be curious what would happen if they did it. But <laughs> My favorite part was time for heartthrobbers. And I just like to talk about who we'd bring home 
to our friends and family, and I think we have the same answer on this. Oh, one. yeah. And listeners, you should have the same answer, too, because there is only one right answer to this. <laughs> it is freaking Julian. I just... Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Mercedes, please. I wish you could feel my heart right now. I love him. I love him. And I love him. <laughs> he's sophisticated and he's educated and successful and eloquent. And he could just whisper sweet nothings in my ear and I would just melt in his arms. Julian is a type that I just want to sit next to a warm fire with him and exchange silly childhood stories. I love that. No, I love Julian. He's so kind and he's so hot and he's a doctor. And as someone with a lot of medical anxiety, that would really ease me. I could use him as my own WebMD. Yes. And he reads all her plays. And I've emphasized on different episodes how much, like, I think, like, men in rom-coms like reading your work is just so hot and like just so nice to see oh and just melt every time and i like i said i want to find him at the farmer's market and i want him to take me to paris and i wouldn't leave him (laughs) (laughs) sorry we're gonna play fairy smooch goes we have harry julian and leo played by john favreau mercedes who would you marry who would you smooch and who would you ghost this is really hard, actually, because I, obviously I'm going to marry Julian, but I don't know who I would smooth. Uh, <laughs> ah, that's where we get. That's where we get to the problem. Okay. Let's, let's think Probably, about this. I think I would just smooch Harry, you okay. know? Okay. And then I would ghost Leo because he's only here. We only see a few minutes of him. We do. We do. You're absolutely right. I would obviously marry Julian. We are aligned on that one. But I would smooch Leo. I just love John Favreau. And I feel like if Leo's anything like John Favreau, he'll keep me laughing the whole time. And I everyone knows this. I have a hard time deciphering the the character between the actor. And I just I just love John Favreau. And I would ghost Harry. So sorry, Jack Nicholson. I applaud you. Sorry. <laughs> Before we wrap it up, guys, we always love to bring in a pop culture moment. And I'm sure most people know this, but Jack Nicholson retired from acting back in 2010. And I admire it. I have to say I admire it. I don't actually know because he's not on social media and I haven't seen it, but I just imagine he's out here living his best life. And I just, mm-hmm. I imagine him like hitting his 70s and was like, okay, that's enough. I'm going to live a simple life now. And I admire that. I do. Yeah, just chilling, loving life. That sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> so I know a lot, this is discussed a lot online, the resemblance between Leonardo DiCaprio as he's gotten older to Jack Nicholson. And you'll see a lot of side-by-sides if you Google them. And there is very strong similarity in their faces. And coincidentally, Leonardo DiCaprio is a lot like the character of Harry. Because he never dates a woman over 25. I saw like a whole, like a beautiful chart of all his girlfriends and the ages. And you're like, this is so bleak. But the chart's gorgeous. (laughs) (laughs) Whoever designed it was amazing. Yeah, so I just thought that was funny because he really is living, living this character. He he is, absolutely. In this movie, I guess, okay, Harry makes a comment about always dressing for vacation. And just last month, GQ came out with an article detailing exactly how to do that, like always dressing for vacation. And they they go over this movie. They go in depth about this movie and what it's about. Oh they give examples of how to recreate Harry's outfits, put together your own. And it's really cute. <laughs> See, that just shows like the lasting effect of this movie. Like people yeah. still want to watch it. Exactly. And I'm glad it's on Netflix so people have like easy access to it. So it's not just a forgotten early 2000s rom-com. 
It's a good exactly. One. What is what is your other what is your other fun fact? My last one is just an observation that I've made, and the sluttiest men in rom coms are always named Harry. Ooh. Harry Burns one from Harry Met Sally, and this Harry. These, <laughs> <laughs> these men, they always have a new girl, and that's just that's just a little observation I made. If anyone has other rom com Harrys they want to send as another example, please send them my way. I feel like we got to analyze that more in depth. But listeners, we want to hear from you first. What are your thoughts? Do you like something he's got to give? Do you feel like this is one of Nancy Byers' best rom coms? How do you feel about the characters? Who do you relate to? Make sure to slide to our DMs at MeCute. Again, I'm Kendra. You can find me on Instagram and TikTok at Ken10Hollywood. Yes, and I'm Mercedes. You can find me at MercedesGV11 on Twitter, IG, and TikTok. And if you're looking for new rom-coms, follow Meet Cute wherever you listen to podcasts and follow Meet Cute on socials everywhere. Bye, everybody. We'll see you next week.